The year is 2020. A wasteland and a field of ruin have destroyed our mana bases. There is but one solution, one way to save the metagame. Brave souls working for the benefit of us all. Welcome to the Astrolab. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to the Astrolab, the only podcast in the when humans want to ban. And, well, um, they're crying about different things now, so uh, maybe not crying about us as much. Uh, I am, as always, one of your co-hosts, Joe Dyer, and with me, as always, is Mr. Scott Campbell. How you doing tonight, Scott? Uh, hola, Oj. What? Uh, hola. Oh. Ah, there we go. Can you hear me now? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I had my Zoom uh, settings set to Bisraseer secret layer. <laughs> uh, so what I was saying was coming through mirrored or backwards, I guess. Oh, boy. <laughs> what, a, what a week it's been in that regards. Man, um, I, yeah, I would be better if I bought one and cracked open a $5,000 mirrored Bisraseer. Right? That's crazy. Like... Um, just absolutely nuts. I mean, kudos so. that I think it was what Ben uh, from Star City he was donating that to charity. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Kudos to him, and he had a tweet today that pretty much laid it all out. Um, but no, I'm I'm doing all right. Uh, went three and one recently with uh, Boy Control and Modern. Uh, I, I'm still not keen on the build, but you know that's just me. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll work that out. Uh, I've been eyeing the uh, modern Dredge Otherworldly Gaze decks because they're not running Fetchlands. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that. So I'm not sure if running Fetches and Shocks is more or less painful than Mana Confluence, but hell, for $5 tournaments, I'm willing to give it a try. Um, right. And if that's the case, cool. I just have a casual deck to play with and can use my fetches and shocklands and other projects I want to build. Right. Um, outside of that, dude, man, Disney Plus just, like, set the internet on fire yesterday with shows <laughs> all sorts of stuff. I still yeah. have the X-Men animated theme stuck in my head. Um, yeah, real, for sure. Real talk, like, I'm 46 years old, dude. When that show hit, uh, I was just starting to get into comics, starting with the X-Men Blue, working all working my way all the way back to Uncanny X-Men 200, you know, by the time that I started when I was like 17, even worked part-time in a comic book shop, that's where I found magic. Um, begin all those back issues and reading up on the stories and the characters and getting engrossed and involved, and that news hit for that Disney Plus essentially reboot uh, in a way because they're bringing back all the writers and the voice actors so it's all the same cast and same animation style and all that right I was crying dude yeah, I, was, I told my wife about it and she, just, she was like oh she's like oh okay I was so happy so I was crying like I'm like what what is this I, why is my heart not black why is it red why is it growing 
What are these things in my eyes? These are tears. What is happening? Right. So yeah, no, I I can't wait, and and I I like your tweet. Like they they did the meme. That was just amazing. That, I laughed so hard. Oh, I was, was like, great. oh my god. Um, yeah, the the Wolverine staring at the portrait meme with yeah, just yeah. That I, I couldn't I couldn't believe it. I just I I died. I was just like, oh my god, that's so funny. That is the only Wolverine that I can tolerate. It is the one from X Men the Animated Series. I uh, well. Hugh Jackman's okay, especially in Logan. Like that movie's just mm-hmm. outstanding. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that's the that's my limit on Wolverine. Everything else, I'm like, oh, he's just so overrated. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, there's already people chirping like, well, Gambit can't hit on Rogue now because uh, you know PC reasons and you know all sorts of just talk like that they're not going to be able to show rogue as sexy because reasons and i'm like god children like just delete your accounts seriously like (laughs) let's wait and see what happens before no no we we gotta talk about right now and tear down right now because whatever um anyway uh salt eternals um there are a a lot of people that did not like it for whatever reason, and there are people who did like it, and I'm kind of like right in the middle. I'm like, I'm glad I went to see it in the theater. I'm glad that uh, that my wife went with me. We went and had a good time. We went on a Sunday first showing, so saved money, and I, I think a lot of people had the same idea. It's like, oh, there are more people here than I thought there would have been. Um, <laughs> but it still wasn't a full theater house. Uh, we're not going to get back to that probably for another couple of years, if not ever. Um, right. Because of, of course, reasons. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was fine. The movie's really long. Yeah, I've heard um, that, that it's quite long. It, so if you pay it, well, it's a movie you can watch as a standalone. So that's a good thing. It does reference things that have happened in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it's not like, directly related to where you have to watch all 24 25 other films just to right figure out what's right going right on. um a lot they huh, pun intended they deviate uh from uh the comics quite a bit uh because yeah for those who don't know in the comics the celestials actually um on a living planet would genetically alter living creatures already on the planet to become either Eternals or Deviants. And then as the natural course of evolution would happen, the Eternals... Well, yeah, I think in the comics the Eternals could uh, reproduce. But anyway, eventually those genetic uh, alterations to living creatures already on the planet would eventually lead to the creation of the X-Gene and X-Men and da-da-da-da-da. So I have a mm. feeling that uh, the Eternal script was written before uh, Mouse bought both studios uh, and, and all that. And it's like, all right, whatever. But uh, the uh, the setup for not only what happened in that movie, but for the future of not just the Eternals, but the Marvel Cinematic Universe was worth the watch. Uh, right. There's going to be more space-oriented stuff. Uh, I, yeah, I, I won't spoil the 
second end credit, well, well both uh, end credit scenes, you could find footage of that stuff probably already on the internet because it's the internet. You can find everything on the internet, including the the vehemently denied rumors that uh, two more Spider-Man are showing up in Spider-Man. Like, <laughs> there are people denying that still. Oh, man! Like, so apparently, some guy shared a couple Im- leaked images yeah. or whatnot, and one of them was you know the image of Toby, you know Andrew, and Tom Holland whatnot with their masks off right and then the next image was an image of uh charlie cox in um peter and at may's living room huh uh and he's in you know the lawyer get up you know so it's you know it's matt murdoch you know lawyered up and people were comparing like the placement and like the colors of like the um like the lamp shades or whatever in the photo really <laughs> with the trailer where we had a similar scene that showed that same room okay and they match up like 100 oh percent. and the guy who apparently put the images out there on the internet uh he said as soon as he did that like five minutes later he got a call and said these are probably real he thought they were fake he didn't know they were real he thought they were fake wow Dude put him on the internet, and he just was like, hey, look, funny, 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 haha. He gets a call from somebody who's like, uh, these are probably real. Uh, you need to delete these now. Uh, and I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. Uh... When, when you do something to the point where someone calls you and find, like gets your number without it being readily available anywhere, like, you know you done fucked up. Yeah. Good, good job, I mean, I'm, like, I'm like, oh boy. Like, so yeah, um, that's an interesting, interesting thing. Cool. So, but but how are uh, how are you doing, man? How are you and the family doing? Busy. Yeah. Yeah. Still, still moving. Still still moving. Yeah, Fuck, dude. Slowly getting there. So yeah. For those of you uh, tuning in, uh, wondering where the hell we've been, Joe's been moving. <laughs> so. <laughs> um literally for forever yeah so yeah. uh just but uh thanks for being patient and hanging out with us and uh stay tuned to the end of the show if uh you know you want to figure out how to get a hold of us and at least email us and ask us when the next show will be <laughs> <laughs> yeah um well, but uh we'll, we'll, also we'll also it, was, soon. it also was because uh of the fact that uh we did actually take a week and Scott and I actually got to hang out in person. Right. First time I've seen uh, you in uh, probably, well, over a year. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, I, very long, very long while. I held my fingers so. up like I was looking through a screen just to make sure that it was actually Joe. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I came out and we played Modern at the at Epic Loot. And uh, so it was my first time getting to play. Uh, we're a little bit out of order here, but we can pl- talk about it a little bit here. But yeah. it was my first time getting to play Enchantress uh, in modern, uh, in paper, at least, and uh, outside of just gold fishing the deck mm-hmm. and whatnot. And uh, I had a lot of fun. Uh, I I ended up uh, 301 that whole night. And uh, that deck is absolutely just ridiculously absurd sometimes uh i watched him so. draw like 12 car- 12 plus cards in a turn he was not done with his turn uh when i walked away <laughs> like it was absurd 
yeah, it's oh. it's something. Yeah, I had some I had some real games uh, in that uh, that night, like playing against um, our uh, mutual uh, Josh Willie, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, him. He's a very good player. Yes, yes. Uh, and uh, playing against him on blue white control, and that was just a very interesting matchup. And it was interesting because I ended up winning uh, both uh, both games, mm-hmm. and I distinctly remember playing through a chalice on one and a chalice on two oh. in game two, mm-hmm. uh, and it was I, the only reason I ended up winning uh, at all. Uh, in that was uh, I was able to put a solitary confinement on the table pretty early enough with enough draw effects uh-huh. that I was able to uh, kind of have it put have it have that out and I was running all of my uh, one and two drop enchantments into the chalice just to draw through my deck. Yeah, because yeah, you still draw even though the uh, spell yeah. doesn't resolve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I put in, um, I had brought in uh, Emrakul, uh, the Aeon's Torn, for the matchup. No way. And so well, that was like the cool part was like, okay, Emrakul's in the deck. Uh, so I can very easily have a game where you know, I, I get to just draw my draw through my deck. Mm-hmm. And when I need to pitch to Emrakul to recycle my graveyard... I can just pitch Emrakul, and uh, that worked quite well. well so or you can just was... cast Emrakul because you'll have enough mana. Uh, I couldn't because I, I didn't have a um uh a, what's the card a Sanctum Weaver I think is the oh he had Chalice on two before you could do that yeah Chalice on two yeah Oof. so I, I I couldn't uh, actually get one into play so it was like oh well hmm. so did you win with Sigil crud. or. How'd you win? Uh, no, um, I ended up getting a Banishing Light uh, out and was able to uh, Banishing Light uh, and get some value that way. Modern so, All-Star Banishing Light. Yeah, it was great. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So and uh, so I got Banishing Light out. I, I got to do the thing and I was able to start kind of making... Uh, some some mana. Uh, I was able to just kind of get out of the out of the way, and I was able to start actually winning the game. Uh, I did end up winning with sigil. Uh, okay, but I that wondered. was just because yeah, that was just because I was able to make enough to to kind of push through. Uh, and I had double Sterling Grove. Ooh. because uh, I was able to kind of push through double spells in turns where he had some counter magic. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I beat that. I beat um, Micah on the um, on just like what kind of looked like a Yorion, like Titania, like lands, like esque build. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Enchantress deck plays three Blood Moon in the seventy five, two of which are in the main deck. So how, how <laughs> ironic because usually he's the one uh, Blood Mooning us. Right, right. Uh, so was, here he is, get mooned. Yeah, uh, I did um, lose one game to Grixis Shadow, 
Okay. Uh, I won. I lost the. I lost game one, and I won both post four games. Okay. Uh, and it was. Uh, I lost game one to the. Well, um, you've got a couple shadows, uh, and like a thing. Eh, I'm not gonna block. Dress down. Oh no! Uh, I, was like, I was like, oh yeah, okay, that's a thing. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Attack for twenty six. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh right, yeah, that's that's what this deck does now. That's right. Mm-hmm. Like, card. So it was kind of stupid, but card team. And good. then um, your last, your your last, you're not your last round opponent. Your third round opponent, Josh. I split with him in the finals. Oh so. yeah, yeah, where he's playing yeah. his. Uh... Yorion, like, four color Omnath, Omnath Sahili Rai, uh, cat combo deck. That guy loves his Sahili Rai's. He does. So, well, I, yeah. one of the um, things when they were handing out mid, uh, Midnight Hunt boosters or the not the promo boosters, mm-hmm. uh, I was there when he opened. Um, shoot, what was that uh, card that cost ten to flashback? Uh, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to get it here real quick. Uh, well, not real quick. It's going to be at the speed of me searching the internet. Here we go. So there's a green card, and some of you are probably shouting it in, into the comments or on your screen right now. I hear you. Uh, there it is. Storm hmm. the Festival. Oh, so, that card. So he, yeah. he opened this in a, uh, in a promo booster, so it's got like a little Planeswalker symbol or whatever. And when he opened that, he's like, that's it gonna do it and i'm like what i'm playing this and he laid it down next to me and i'm like where and why he's like read it and think about what i play yeah and i'm yeah, like no, it's... oh because he's like he's done it not more than once but not consistently because he's playing a essentially commander deck in modern uh right but he's yeah. played storm the festival and it's like Sahili, Feldar Guardian, GG. Right, yeah, yeah. And so for those unaware, Storm Festival, three, green, green, green. Look at the top five cards of your library with this sorcery. You may put up to two permanent cards with main value five or less from among them onto the battlefield. Put the rest on the bottom in any order. Also has a flashback cost of seven, green, 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 which huge, but uh, when you have Omnath, uh, Locus of Creation, yeah, kind that's of, that's true. Kind of yeah. easy to to yeah to get that. So uh, yeah, it was yeah. a fun night. I was glad I came out and yeah. I was glad I was able to finish the deck. Um, you 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 missed at... it the next week though. I got cheesed out by Mill. <laughs> they uh, they they play and, and I told the player I'm like I I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the design that Watsi has chosen to cause this interaction to happen. Uh, they put out a crab. I get rid of it with prismatic ending. They go. They play Dothy Voidwalker. I'm now down a removal spell. Could not find one. Then they play Glimpse the Unthinkable, revealing Emrakul the Promise or Emrakul the Aeon's Torn. I literally scoop tell everybody see you in two weeks, and I walk out of the room. <laughs> I was done. Yeah, good old Mill came home and pet my puppy. That's not a euphemism. She yeah, is uh, no. she is super happy to see me every time I come home. There you go. Even if it's uh, 
Daddy, you came in from rolling the trash cans out back where they belong. I missed you so right. much. Wag, 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 wag. Right. Yeah. Dogs are the best. So Confirmed. we have a new so we have a new set out. Uh at least. Uh so that's cool. Um Yeah. Um like there's some cool cards here. Uh about the only card that I really saw that I it, the like there's a few cards, like so like people are people are talking up like reckless impulse uh in some formats, like people are talking that card up in vintage. Uh, that's looked really good in vintage. That's the uh the one in a red exile the top two. Uh, play that you have until your next turn to play them. Your end end of your next turn to play them. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's that card's actually pretty interesting. Uh, I think if like in vintage, obviously it's like way better. Like that that kind of affects like way stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, legacy. Um, there's probably like only like one deck that's probably gonna play it, and that's the the Ruby Storm. Epic Gamble deck that plays like Burgie and Burning Wish oh, and all yeah. that stuff. And, yeah, yeah, Reckless Impulse, Mono Red, mo- mo- Mono Red Storm, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's actually a deck now. Um, and so, like, that's probably the only card because I think, like, you wouldn't play this. Like, this looks. Let's put it this way: if Expressive Iteration didn't exist, you'd probably play this card in Delver. Oh, Slam Dunk, yes. Yeah, but because expressive iteration exists, you just won't play this ever. Um, <laughs> expressive iteration does everything this card does, but better. Well, here's something to actually think about, right? Eventually, expressive iteration will rotate out of a format uh, that uh, was popularized by Magic Arena, but not so much in paper, called Standard. Um, so that will rotate out of Standard. That This Reckless Impulse is essentially its replacement. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm talking about legacy. No. No. I. I like, know. Yeah, I know. But I know, what, yeah. what? What? I'm. What I'm trying to illustrate here, and probably doing a piss poor job of it, is that wizards once this design, once this ability, the exiling cards from the top of your library, and then or, uh, super telling time like expressive iteration is or whatever, they want that effect in the game somewhere. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like it's like, it's not going anywhere essentially. What like I'm I'm, what I'm, no, what I'm what I'm saying is like as long as iteration exists in legacy. Oh yeah, uh, you won't play this over iteration. Yeah, like, uh, unless you're it, playing Ruby Storm and that's the one. Yeah, reason. yeah, yeah. Iter- iteration is just like pretty much like better because it sees at least one more card. Right. Um, you know, it's you're it's kind of like a draw three. Yeah. This can, is kind of like a two. Yeah, this is like a two mana light the light up the stage. What's uh, what's crazy is I see people playing off tempo or off curve, I should say, to play express expressive iteration, and not only do they catch back up, but they get ahead. Oh yeah, uh, be, because of how the card is. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, I, card, I, card's very strong in that regards. What yep. what this signals to me is that uh, maybe they recognize the power of expressive iteration, although it's not broken. Uh, to where they need to ban it. it is a powerful tool in various decks um and they're like let's take another crack at it but maybe power it down just a bit and here we have yeah. reckless impulse yeah card card's pretty good oh yeah uh i'm looking forward to uh a ruth tormented prophet uh in vintage especially yeah i was looking at uh, that those those kind of effects are really interesting in vintage but i'm thinking of like oh 
I cast Ancestral Recall and I functionally draw six. Right. Uh, <laughs> like, I think that's pretty interesting. Uh, I've played Showdown with the Skulls in Vintage before, uh, which is the, the four mana, uh, you know, chapter one, exile the top four you have until your end of your next turn to play them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that card is also good. So I'm like, well, this is like a three mana version that applies to everything you draw. Right. That seems excellent. Like I, I, I like this idea. So. Um. How um, does this interact with Narset Parter Veils? Uh, you are not drawing. You're not drawing. Still not drawing. Right. Yeah, you're still not drawing. Okay. You're not. You're. In fact, actually, you're never drawing. Right. right. Like, there's never a uh, point where you're not drawing. Like, that's the thing. Like, so it's like you're always doing the exile, the top two. So people don't know what this card does. It's one blue and a red for a legendary uh, human wizard. Uh, there are two four, which is super relevant because it can't be bolted. Right. Uh, but if you would draw a card, you exile the top two cards of your library instead. You may play those cards this turn. Uh, so yeah, you're never drawing the cards ever. So you're never gonna run into a position where Narset affects you. Cool. Uh, Narset, Leovold, all that fun, stupid crap. Anything that says you you can't draw more than one card or whatever. It's right. Like, well, I'm not right. drawing anyway. I'm exiling. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Are like, Are they face up? Uh. Yeah. Yeah. They're face up exile. Okay. So it's, it's like it's basically like you make all of your your draws light up the stage. Okay. Except for you can only get it for that turn. Okay, so, it's like it's like two cards worth of an act on impulse. Uh, okay, so if it so, would, yeah. um, if it would not be visible to everybody, it would specifically say exile face down. Yeah, and if it doesn't yeah, say that, then it's assumed face up. Okay. Yeah, and it would also say something like if it says exile face down, it would also probably include a uh, qualifier that says you can look at them. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. To, yeah it would have to have more text on it so but Wait, yeah cards cards neat they couldn't it's fit in, more text on this card I'm, it's I'm in pl- it's in playable colors and vintage oh very much so uh so like and um like one of the cards that's been seeing play now that it exists on magic online and we'll talk about that a little bit here mm-hmm. uh, when we talk about crimson vow commander uh is um one of the cards that came out of the what was the Zendikar Rising Commander sets? I want to say, I think it was. I think it was Zendikar Rising Commander sets. It's finally on Magic Online. Some of them, some of the cards from that are finally on Magic Online. Really? Yeah. Uh, and one of those cards was Lelia, uh, the Blade Reforged. Uh, so people don't know Lelia is Lelia is a two and a red uh, uh, elemental creature. That when she she has haste and when she attacks you exile the top card of your library you can play it that turn, mm-hmm. but whenever you exile a card from your like graveyard or library you put a plus one plus one counter on it. Oh no combo! So she comes in as a two two, and she immediately grows to a three three when she attacks. Uh, but it's like, it's really good with like all like the free spells. Mm-hmm. In vintage, so uh, one of the guys on Magic Online, uh, Nathan Lippitz, uh, posted a foro in a prelim with this like blue red uh, aggro tempo, uh, you know, Dak Faden Ragavan, you know, pile with three Lelia, and it's just gross. The card is super good, but we're gonna talk about that because uh, this card only showed up on Magic Online now because they wanted to put it in Vintage Cube. 
Uh, it was not previously available on Magic Online. And that's been a, a symptom of uh, Magic Online and Commander sets. That seems weird because... Yeah. Oh, wait. I get it. If... They put Commander sets in... They don't release the whole decks for Commander sets. They put the Commander... The, the new... The, the Commander cards that they want to put on there in chests. In treasure chests. Is how they get put into the Magic Online economy. Well, so if they just choose to not put a card on there, it's just not on there. Right, but like this also wasn't the face commander of the deck. Uh, uh, but some of those are not available card. on Magic Online either. Right, but I, I mean, like, I get it. They, they want you to buy the pre-constructed decks and sit down at the kitchen table and play them with a friend. None of what I just said says log into Magic Online and play commander. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like... Some of the ones from like this year, even like from the Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Yeah, none none of those commanders, face commanders, are available on Magic Online. And if we go to ask them, they'll say, you know, thank you very much for being a Magic Gathering player. The Arena team is really hard at work adding cards to Arena. You know, we're not asking about that. We're asking about. I would, I would, I would, I would, I would love to have Prosper available on Magic Online. I would love to have Prosper available. Oh. And the only reason I say that is because I would love to have Prosper available because I think like uh, there's a there's a room space or room mm-hmm. for a Prosper like Lelia like build like that's kind of like a stompy aggro build because those cards work really well together. Uh, I'll be honest, uh, I, I wish they would just have the <clears throat> legendaries from these commander products available on Arena to play in brawl decks. Because why, yeah. why not, right? Because, like, you know, here's the funny thing. It was like, I've been kind of poking around, like, because I've, I've been playing a lot of Historic Brawl, mm-hmm. obviously. <laughs> and I've been poking around at, like, well, I really would like a great red-black commander that's not, like, doesn't feel, like, kind of terrible. And the one that kept popping, that I th- kept popping up with that I kind of thought I would like was... Um, Kalane, uh, is that, that Kalane? This is the treasure one from uh, AFR. Mm. Um, yeah, she makes treasures. Uh, well, she makes a treasure, and whenever you cast a, a creature spell, whenever you creature spell comes into play, it gets uh, a number of plus one plus one counters equal to the number amount of mana you spent for each treasure. So she's red black. She when she enters, she yeah. She when she enters, she creates a created treasure token. Other creatures you control enter the battlefield with an additional plus one plus encounter on them for each mana from a treasure spent to cast them. Ah, Kaylin Reclusive Painter. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so, I I thought it would be kind of neat to have Prosper available because it seems like that would work really well with <laughs> uh, that kind of card. Like you would be like, oh, okay, Prosper. You know, when you play a land, you're going to get a treasure. You know, that's that's really cool. Uh, you know, you're going to play cards, creatures, you're going to get a treasure. You know, oh, then you can use that treasure to make bigger creatures. And it's just like, oh, that would be really sweet. Not something that they've got available just yet. So I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, it just... As I look through sets, like, especially just thinking about, like, the last year or so of sets... Uh, there seems to be just an overabundance of legendary creatures not in the commander products 
and then you have the Commander products come out and have several legendary creatures. And I get it yeah. if, like, if your story is centered around certain characters, like with Crimson Val, you know, there's uh, various lords and ladies of various vampire houses, and, uh, you know, you have Olivia uh, and Edgar and various others. Okay, I get that, but it's like, we have another legendary creature in here and these colors for this thing, and it's like, but you also have the commander decks, and you're, there's this deluge of legendary creatures where if they just like, hey, let's program the legendary creatures from the commander sets into Arena, maybe the mm. pressure would be off to not have as many legendary creatures in the actual regular set and opening up more design. Oh my god, here we go. Opening up more design space for other <laughs> ideas. But, alas... Yeah, no. So, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not really worried about it. Like, nah. yeah, we'll we'll talk about more about the, um, you know, the commander stuff because like that's also relevant for um the Crimson Val commander sets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of wild, but. Uh, let's see here. Uh, hey, they reprinted Thalia. Uh, yeah, they did. Cool. Uh, Thalia seems like a fine card to have in standard. And Pioneer Legal uh, now, too. And Pioneer Legal, yeah. She was already Historic Legal. Yeet. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that card, I think it's fine. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't, not really actually worried. Um, somebody did, I did read, somebody said it was like, I am a li- they were like, I am a little upset that they didn't give Thalia a new card only from the standpoint of that. They gave so many other characters, uh, new cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was like the one where they were like, ah, we'll just reprint her. And it was like, that felt kind of like disingenuous, like to, to, um, Thalia in such a way. Like, it's like, oh, well, she's kind of like an important, somewhat important character. Why did we just not give her a new card? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, I, so I can see that. However, uh, we could run into the lightning bolt problem. And by that, I mean... Yeah, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. If you take lightning bolt and just redesign it over and over again, next thing you know, you have modern burn being one of the staples of the format, regardless of what new cards come out. Um, right. And as we've discussed many times before, some oftentimes to my chagrin, uh, Wizards wants you to not have your deck remain static for a long period of time, even in a format like Modern. So there's that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe someone has finally put a bug in their ear because the last set, Midnight Hunt, we got Delver Secrets, which, right. granted, not expensive. Uh, but still a very powerful card in and of itself. And our people on Arena are able to now play with Delver Secrets. So right. here we go with Thalia. Maybe not to the same degree because she was in an anthology. But per- maybe, maybe there was some data gathered using their own program after they unleashed Thalia to the masses. And it's like, huh. Well, some people are playing the card, but it's not really breaking anything. It's okay. a it's a very safe standard card. Yeah, for sure. Like it's super safe. Like yeah. I mean, it also like you know 
did they really consider did they know that epiphany was going to be like that much of a thing uh because obviously like that's like the big thing that people are talking about like well thalia com- combats epiphany uh and epiphany is like you know the thing and i guess she you did know, a damn good job because uh, epiphany was the numbers form uh were uh quite small today or yesterday whenever there was a standard tournament somewhere i think it was online or something i don't know right right so yeah i mean i think it's probably a good thing mm-hmm. uh that they put her on there and like i said i i think that's just it like somebody was just like hey you know like it's cool that we got thalia but like it would have been cool to also see like a new thalia just because you know it would have been it just would have been nice to see like and from a character standpoint, where how is this character grown? Sure. Like, and, and I was just like, yeah, I I can I can get behind that from the standpoint of, you know, you're not upset to see the card that got printed, but at the same time, you're like, could they have put that some put could they have put Thalia in a, such a way where they could have reprinted her and she would have been legal, but then at the same time, um could they like have printed a new Thalia to represent where she's at now or something like that? You know, is she the same character, you know, now? I don't know. Like, I, I thought it was interesting. It was an interesting argument. And I thought, mm, okay, I can kind of get behind this just because, yeah. you know, but, uh, that, so she's there. Yeah. Uh, we got arguably one of the best counter spells that's ever been printed for the commander format. Well, not just uh, commander, but like, Anybody well, trying I mean, to play, like, say they play, um... Epiphany? Well, yeah, you're playing a card that's <laughs> been uh, foretold. Or if you're playing a card, uh, like, Walk the Aeons from, uh, with Flashback, you can counter it with Wash Away for just one blue, and it has Cleave, which is a stupid name for an ability, but, um, instead of countering a spell not cast from their hand, you can pay one blue-blue to just counter a spell. So you mm-hmm. throw it essentially into a cancel if you have the mana. But yeah, I I I dig what they're. Uh, huh, well, I just made a yeah. bad pun off a of cleave. Uh, but I appreciate what they're trying to do. I just wish they would name cleave something else because because cleave is a feat that if you're uh, built properly as a fighter. You take it if it is not maybe your first uh, feat at first level, but you may take it at second or third level because um, that allows you to make an extra attack after you kill an enemy. Um, it's a weirdly Dun- named. It, it, it is a weirdly named uh, yeah. ability. Yeah, we'll just uh, yeah. Cleave, cleave is a weirdly named mechanic. Yep. Uh, I mean, it's cool. Don't get me wrong, but it's very weirdly named. And yeah, uh, what the card? What the card is describing? As far as uh, don't pay attention to bracketed text and the abilities on some of these cards that have cleave, to me, does not tell me that something's being cloven. Um, yeah, it's 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 certainly odd. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, it, it, it's I, I appreciate the fact that they're trying new stuff. Yeah, uh, that... yeah, I do. I, I do like that they are continually trying new things in that regard they are they're they're just getting a, a tad too cute somebody somebody said what did somebody say i heard i saw i saw someone where somebody's like they should have put this ability 
in uh, Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, and they should have called it Hacking. Yes. And I was like... That would have made more sense. Yeah, kind of. That would have been, right? been perfect. Right? I would have like, been like, like oh, all in. Let's go. Yeah, like like you like oh I get it now. Like yep. this is like you're hacking the the code, like you're hacking the the um the card text. Like that's kind of kind of sweet. Right, because like, you're you're, need... you're already asking magic magic gathering players to essentially enter Akira world. You're you're right. wanting them to go to this futuristic world, whatever, and their game of angels and demons and dragons, right? Right. So by having that that ability that grocks with the general populace of magic players, you would have got them in. They would have right. They would oh blue pill okay, right into the matrix, no problem. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So I was like, huh, yeah, that's that's an interesting uh, idea. Like I never thought of it that way. Watch so, it happen though. <laughs> Watch yeah. there be a hacking mechanic. Yeah, I'm sure there will be. Like and be like, oh, it's maybe. just kicker. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. We're just like, okay, it's it's just just, just kicker. Just kicker. Like, every me- every mechanic is kicker. We just right. know, pretty pretty it up a little bit. Um, Mick kicker, uh, eight million spells served. Scott mentioned hero's downfall being uh, pushed down to uncommon, which is kind of sweet. Common. I'm like, wait, what? Uh, like, I had to do a double take when I first saw what is, that. What is this? What is this Hamlet Vanguard card? Is that the shield guy? Yeah, that that is uh, that is Captain America uh, Infinity War. That's right. Yeah, yep. Hamlet Vanguard. Yep. Chandra dressed to kill. Like the art is just like sta- staggeringly good. Like yeah, but here's the so, thing with this, right? Especially on the alt art version. Oh yeah, yeah, where she's in her uh, her, her big dress, dress yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that's that's adorable. So Chandra dressed to kill, right? And we'll get back to uh, the card is so close. Well, like here, it's good, but it's so close here, like, to being like because, absurd. Right? Hear me out, because things have been there's been upheaval in modern, so like why not change it more, right? So Chandra dressed to kill, one red red for three loyalty, uh, plus one add red, Chandra dressed to kill to deal uh, deals one damage target player or planeswalker. Player so or close. instead of creature. So close. I wish it would have said any target on that. That would have been perfect. Yes. So close. Especially when that red is like, oh, I have this bolt in hand. Boom. Kill you, right? Right. Um, The next plus one, which you'll want to use to turn after she's already been in play. Exile the top card of your library. If it's red, you may cast it this turn. Now, that that's where I stop. Because I'm yeah. like, huh. What cards are red? Terminate, Lightning Bolt, uh, Season Pyromancer. Krosa, yeah, but it, like, it's like it's like so borderline. Colgan's Command. Like, like you're not you're not drawing the card per se, but you're kind of drawing the card because it's not on top of your library anymore. Um, so yeah, that, I, that I don't know about that hand. one. Like, it's it's very borderline. Ren and Six. Right, like. There's so yeah. many red cards in Jund. I'm like, mm. I don't think I. Yeah, but then you've got like a bunch of black cards. Yeah, I know. There, there's a lot of Inquisition thoughtsies and all that stuff. Like that's the uh, that's the uh, that's the the downside is like there's a bunch of black cards, and you're like, now mm. you could play this in Ponza because it has 
Pillage and Stone Rain and Inferno yep. Titan and but the deck plays a bunch of green cards. Ren and Six and well, sure, but okay, it, right. it plays Utopia Sprawl and Arbor Elf, and that's it. Yeah, I, <laughs> like I, I don't, I don't know. It's just it, it's yeah, yeah. it's borderline Blood like, Bright Elf. That's that's the problem. I think it's just so borderline that you're like, hmm. Yeah, but if you don't play that turn, it's gone. Uh, right, the, the and that and I, and that's what I think is the biggest issue with it. Yeah. Like, like it seems cool, but then you're like realize that you have to play the card that immediately. Yeah, and you're like, hmm. Like it just gives you that that look that think where you're like, I don't hmm. know. Like it's so close. Right. Like if it had been any card, I think that card. I think it would be sweet. Oh yeah, but if it was just like uh, like other Chandras. Where they have you know an act on impulse style like mini act on impulse ability, I think that would have been perfect. Now, what I do see happening with this card is the is it Epiphany decks uh, issuing any type of um, of blue cards outside of uh, Aron's Epiphany maybe and maybe some counter spells or whatever, uh, like trying to trim as much blue off that as possible because there's a new extra turn spell that was released in the set that is red, but you yeah. cleave it, and it's essentially is it mana when you play it. Uh, yes. And you, if you flip that off Chandra, it's like, oh, I have seven mana. Here you go. Um, right. So, yeah, they, they can do that kind of get a, a tad bit of velocity. I don't know. We'll see. But but back to, back to Captain America for a second. Back to Hamlet Vanguard. To an degree. It's a one one. Seems low on rate. Creature, human, warrior. Relevant creature types. Ward, two. So you target it with the spell, you gotta pay an extra two mana. Yeah, yeah. Seems even more bonkers if you have Thalia on the field. Right. Uh, Hamlet, Va- Hamlet Vanguard enters the battlefield with two, not one, two plus one plus one counters on it for each other non-token human you control. Now, a thought I had, and granted, you know me, I kind of stray off the beaten path with some weird ideas. Looking at uh, the four-color loam decks of the past, uh, of the pre-Modern Horizons 2 uh, past and legacy, there were two humans cards that were in the deck. They were, um, let's see here, um, some wizard guy named Bob. Oh yeah, Dark Confidant. Yeah. And uh, some Elspeth-looking chick. Oh yeah, uh, neither all query. So neither all query is still in the deck. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, like those are two yeah. humans. So you just five mana jam slam that in. Now you got a five five for three with war two. Get wrecked, son. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, Bob doesn't see play in that deck anymore. Well, well, uh, whatever. I'm I'm still building it like that, but um, because I, I just want to play uh, yeah. Bob. Yeah, um, I think I think I think uh, if you're uh, ever unhappy with Modern Horizons two, uh, don't look at the current construction of that deck. Yeah, uh, that turns out that deck is a Ragavan deck now. Yeah, I, I, I know. So, for for yeah. now, um, so, yeah. If if Ragavan gets banned, they have they have uh, a backup plan. Yeah. So, so. Uh, yeah, Hamlet Vanguard is going to be one of the spotlights in a green white humans base deck on arena probably in historic um i could see maybe modern trying to play this it doesn't really have like it has ward but it doesn't have any evasion 
So you got to get a yeah. turn back to play it, and it's the same mana cost as um, uh, Manus Rider. Um, so there's that. But, um, man, you play this, and your thought of these lieutenant triggers, and, man, you're having a good time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah it's a solid card. I like it. I like it. Yeah, yeah, me liking a Celestia card. What is wrong? <laughs> in this world? Uh, some people are uh, understandably like happy with the flavor of the next card, but they're also like upset with the card's design, uh, which is uh, Edgar Charmed Groom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I can understand why. Like the card seems cool from a standpoint of like, oh yeah, I get it. Like it's like vampire haha ha, we we he, you know he goes away and he comes back and that's kind of cool but at the same time people are like this card's kind of bad <laughs> and it kind of is like it's not exactly super fantastic um i, I don't think it is at least like I, I think like there's so many ways that you can kill this thing without it ever coming back that makes it kind of hard kind of oh, hard rough to, in, to play in, in older formats yeah for sure yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so. four mana for a four four that pumps your dudes. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, it, it's an odd card because like a lot of like the um, vampire decks that you would consider are like Rakdos or they're mono black, and like you have to figure are they going to find room for a card like this? Like right, like at four mana. Uh, I mean, I, I dig what they're trying to do with the card, but at four, yeah, at, yeah, at four mana for the vampire deck, you're probably wanting to run. Where is it? I, yeah, you're wanting to run like Sanctum Seer, essentially the uh, the vampire Hellrider. Um, right. You're, you're yeah. Want, you're wanting to slam that attack with all your other dudes. Oh, hey, they're dead. I don't need to play Edgar. Um, right. Th- this is completely aimed at commander players who cannot uh, uh, currently afford uh, Edgar Markov. Uh, as, uh, <laughs> yeah. Quick, quick aside on that. Um, without looking it up, Joe, take a guess, just a wild guess, at the current, uh, we'll do listed median price for Edgar Markov from the Commander 2016 or 2017 decks. Money. Uh, uh, give, give me a number. Money. <laughs> High. 50? Sixty, higher, uh, higher, huh? Higher, higher, a hundred. Keep going. Wow, two hundred. One hundred twenty-two dollars fifty cents. That's ridiculous. Now, granted, that's the only printing of the card. Yeah, uh, that's true. And vampire once, I think, it's there. If only there was a site that could tell us. Uh, the thing I was about to ask about, well, let me pull it up on, uh, Goldfish. I think it started peaking around, um, no, not his coffin. There it is. When they announced, uh, Innistrad, uh, the Uh, Innistrad sets. The Innistrad sets. Yeah, let's see here. So if we go back. So in January of this year. Uh, you can get it for anywhere between 30 35 bucks. It's first peak hit. Uh, looks like around March. Went up to 73 And then 
peaked again almost uh, 1.30 uh, about a week or so ago. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. Um, and I, I get people uh, wanted him to be Mardu, to have an option for Mardu colors that was not Edgar Markov. Uh, i kind of glad that Wizards didn't. You know, you give us a different take on this. You can jam all your black-white vampires from Ixalan and Rivals of Ixalan into a deck together, uh, especially when you think about Arena uh, and, and right. Brawl. So this would be a, a fine Brawl commander. Um, yeah, that's probably more likely what it's for. It's probably more yeah. for Brawl. Yeah, I'll I'll yeah. try it around and, uh, and Brawl. Plus, uh, you get some sweet removal spells in uh, white and black to deal with all sorts of other... Stuff, yeah, though. the the weird thing about white and black in Brawl is, like, white and black is also the same color as Liesa. Yeah. And that card is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> like, Not wrong. The card is super dumb. Like, yeah. um, you're just like, oh, yeah, this card does stuff, right? So, so, would vampires be probably the most popular tribe in Magic? Or, like, in the top three, you think? I think it's up there. Uh, I think elves and goblins probably sure. beats out uh, the the vampires and stuff like that by a good margin, I would say. It, it just seems like any time that there is a strong, powerful vampire uh, that comes out, like Edgar Markov several years ago, for example, mm -hmm. uh, you know, people seem to gravitate towards the deck, uh, and then when new cards come out to support it. Uh, there's a lot of uh, buy-in on the card and things like that, causing the price to spike. I wouldn't be surprised to see him in Double Double Masters Masters, uh, which will come out <laughs> in uh, 2022, uh, which is not not a secret or not a breaking news thing. Like we already know that's coming out, and we already know it's going to be a multicolored theme set. In the previous uh, Double Masters, they gave us uh, Brea, uh, so I wouldn't be surprised to see. Edgar Markov appear there. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, uh, I can. Yeah, but hey, Wizards did something right, man. Yeah, they, they yeah. did something right. They they finished the land cycle that started in Midnight Hunt. Good, good, good job, good job, Wizards. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I was very happy with that. Um, like, pretty yeah. cool. Uh, we also there's also like the whole Dracula thing, which is kind of cool. Um, all, all the uh, the themed the, uh, yeah, the the, variant art cards or whatever. Yeah, yeah, the Dracula theme cards. I think that's kind of neat. Um, personally, yep. I, I think it's kind of neat. Like, oh I, yeah, like, oh yeah, like okay, it's Dracula. Like that's that's actually pretty neat. Like what a what a solid idea. And it's like done with the Godzilla way. So like you know you have the the cards have a different you know name, but they've got the original name on them, and I think that that's kind of nice. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so I wish that. they would have done that with Edgar, though. Made him uh, a Dracula. Uh, I uh, think they did with Soren. If yes. I remember right. Um, yeah. My only quibble about it is Olivia's attendance, because it has three vampire chicks on there, mm -hmm. should have been the three sisters and not Olivia herself. Because. That is kind of odd. Yeah. Like that, that's. A, a choice was made. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so i i like the um I, I also like the uh 
what they did with the the treatment of Sauron, uh, because uh, for those that aren't aware, like there's a couple different treatments for every card, like just like every set. But uh, one of the treatments of Sauron, which is the what they call the Fang style of treatment, which is what they did for the vampire specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but the artwork that they used, that they commissioned for Sauron, uh, came from uh, one of the uh, artists who worked on Castlevania. And it was, uh, it, it's like you look at the card and you're like, like if you know anything about Castlevania, you're like, oh, this is Alucard. Mm-hmm. like you're like oh that cool like it's 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 alucard like that's neat like it's a really really cool like deep cut like and i i thought that was a cool cool way to do it um but i, I like that quite a, quite a bit so secret um, layer castlevania confirmed I, I i honestly honestly i could see it uh we had the art this uh, the artist i could see them doing something with the castlevania folks and doing some sort of tie-in like that that would be super cool actually like it makes so much sense you know what would uh, also be cool between now and when we go to the future of uh japan land hmm. is if we have uh um shit, what was it? uh shadows over innistrad um remastered on arena mm, to, to yeah give us more innistrad goodness while we're waiting for another standard set to come out. Yeah. I you know what I, I kinda hope they do. Uh and I, I kinda hope this is a thing that does actually happen on uh arena at some point. Uh because in January we have the paper double feature uh, set coming out. Yeah. I'm hoping that, that they do that that on Arena. I hope so too. I mean what what's crazy is that um you know people are like, wow, they're putting out uh, Crimson Val, we won't get another set till February. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Because in September, we got Midnight Hunt. In November, we got Crimson Val. In January, mm-hmm. we're getting Double Feature, which is essentially Midnight Hunt, Crimson Val, uh, Shadows of Renestrad, and Eldritch Moon cards just all kind of jammed together in a right. draft environment. And they'll all have uh, uh, black and white horror movie treatments or whatever. And then, like, that following month, in February, we're getting uh, Kamigawa Neon Destiny. So, like, right. we're not really getting a break, per se. Um, I Yeah, so, sure, the uh, double feature, that that's a reprint set, more or less. But still, there's going to be people talking about and previewing cards and showing off the new art. And those, there probably is going to be a secret layer attached to it, and et cetera, right. et cetera. So, like, this train is not stopping. And right. once people understand that, you know, it's like, oh, I guess I should remain seated then, uh, mm-hmm. buckle myself <laughs> back up. Um, yeah, it's going to be pretty, uh, pretty good. Yeah, I, don't get me wrong. It's cool they're putting out all this stuff. Um, you know, I, I, I cannot buy all of it. Um, being a homeowner, um, <laughs> you just recently right. moved into a new home, so I, I'm sure you understand that 100%. So, yeah, it's like uh, there are two nights a week where I can play modern. Uh, one of those nights I could, sup- once I get uh, rebuilt, uh, could supplement and play in Legacy once a month. Um, so, yeah, we'll, 
we'll see what happens. But yeah, as far as like standard and even pioneer, shoot that stuff onto arena. I, I will be more than happy to play in between the dates I play Paper Magic. But uh, yeah, I I can't I can't buy all this crap, man. I can't. Yeah, this is too this, this is too much for me. But I I dig that they're keeping things going. I just hope they don't burn themselves out in the process. Right, right. But uh, so uh, Crimson Val, we've got also the Crimson Val Commander cards right. out. I didn't really look at a ton of these. Because uh, I didn't really see anything in there that really jumped out at me. Uh, there were a couple cards, uh, but like we uh, discussed earlier, um, a lot of these cards are not on Magic Online. Yep. Kind of hard so, to test with them and see if they're good if they're not on Magic Online. Yeah, and uh, two of those cards are actually cards that I actually was like, oh, like these look like these could actually be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of those is Shadow Grange Archfiend. And the other one was Haunting Imitation, which has seen some minor discussion. I'm not personally sold on the card, but I would like to see it in action. Um, so let's we'll talk about that one first. Uh, Haunting Imitation is a two in a blue sorcery. Uh, each player reveals the top card of the library for each creature card revealed this way. Create a token that's a copy of that card, except it's a one one is a spirit in addition to its other types, and it has flying. If no creature cards were revealed this way, return it to your return haunting imitation to its owner's hand. Um, people are talking about this in like show and tell, uh, where like you go, oh, I make um, I make my show and tell. You know, uh, I have a show and tell deck that doesn't actually have to play show and tell uh, in order to win the game. Like I can put a one-one Emrakul on the play. And then Annihilator 6 will just get me there. And I'm like, hmm. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that, but it seems... It doesn't get hazed. Right. So, like, it's a 1-1. Right, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, well, yeah, because it's it's sorcery, yeah. But I I don't know. I don't know. It's Um, odd... Oh, haunt, it's an odd haunting, haunting imitation. You re, you reveal Emrakul and make a one one spirit copy. Cool. Um, Plague engineer name uh, <laughs> Eldrazi. Name Eldrazi. Yeet. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, it's it's an uh, odd it's, it's an odd card, and I I'm not sure how I feel about it. Like, it, I, it's, it's interesting. I like yeah. I I get why it's where it is because it it makes a spirit and this deck triggers off a bunch of stuff like that. I actually really like the Spirits deck as a whole. There's mm-hmm. some sweet reprints in here from uh, Geist of St. Traff with new art, uh, Swords of the Plowshares with some sweet new art, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of cards that essentially need a reprint, especially right after the uh, uh, Pioneer uh, Azuria Spirits deck was uh, released as well. Um, I've thought about picking this up just to kind of have. Um, there are a couple cards that were not included here, including um, Spirit Bonds, which I thought mm-hmm. would have been a cinch in this deck, but it wasn't. So I'm like, huh, buy a foil. Oh, hey, look, I got this foil in the mail, and it's now worth more than when I bought it. Yay me. And it's only like another dollar or two, but <laughs> stonks. Scott. Stonks, right? Um, yeah. But uh, 
But yeah, no, it, it's cool. Uh, the commander fort's kind of sweet because uh, yeah. it, it can cost less based on it. Get, it's kind of one of those getting get around the command tax, uh, command tax uh, commanders. But yeah, we're right. just looking at things for like legacy and or vintage. Yeah, the, the card you mentioned is just kind of. I'd rather if I was playing that deck, I'd rather just play show and tell. Right. Yeah. Just, like that's what I was thinking. Like, um, uh, but they, well, they were like, you know, you play this over like sneak attack, and I'm like, no, no, ah, no. I don't think that that's accurate. Sneak but... sneak attack has the H word. Haste. Yeah, yeah, haste is important. Yeah, like if for I'm sure. if I'm throwing spaghetti, I want to literally throw it and like you're right. dead. Oh right. wait, you you have a blazing archon. I can't attack with this. I see. Right, but um, and then uh, the other one that I actually do think is playable, but unfortunately we won't get to see that for a while until it ever actually does make it on Magic Online. Was a Shadow Grange Archfiend. Uh, which is six six and a black, and that just doesn't matter. Like the casting cost really doesn't matter. Uh, but it's an eight four, which is like kind of silly. <laughs> it's a uh, demon. But, yeah, it's a demon. And yeah. a vampire deck. Okay. Yeah, yeah. When it enters the battlefield, each opponent sacrifices a creature with the greatest power among creatures they control. You gain life equal to the greatest power among creatures sacrificed this way. Uh, and it has madness for two and a black. Pay eight life. Uh, so wait, wait excuse me madness yeah. for two and a black yes uh-oh so this is madness for led mana right? uh which is sort of relevant to, to the madness deck uh that exists in are the we format. playing that in dredge no no this is relevant <laughs> to the madness deck I'm the actual the actual madness aggro deck i'm teasing yeah and uh because uh and i think it's mainly because that deck doesn't have a great way of dealing with cards like um, Merit Lage. Sure. That, like, this is, like, a super clean answer to Merit Lage. Oh, yeah, because like, you, what, gain 12 life? Yes. Yeah. Basically, yeah, you functionally gain 12 life, yeah. Yeah, See, seems good. Um, yeah, and so that's, like, okay, uh, that's interesting. Uh, I'm, in, I'm certainly intrigued. Yeah, you, you uh, have just green mana available through land or whatever, or Lotus Petal. Right. Uh, LED this, play your uh, Root Walla. Oh, no, Root Walla is like zero, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this and Root Walla, like, oh, my Avenge Vines. Wait, reverse course. Go into play. Right. Now, the the uh, like the nice thing about this is, like, this isn't this. The reason this is a great, clean answer to Merit Lage is that. A lot of like the edict effects that exist for uh, those kinds of matchups are usually not very good because they have other they've they st they play other creatures now. Yeah, uh, so they play stuff like uh, you know Elvish Reclaimer and stuff like that. And you go look at it, you go, well, this card does nothing against like if they have an Elvish like this not not this card, but like you look at a regular edict and you're like, oh, this card does nothing if I if they have Elvish Reclaimer in play. That's cool. Right. Like, like they're just going to sack the Elvish Reclaimer and, and keep their Merit Lage. Like, that just makes sense. So, uh, this card, however, uh, doesn't care. Like, well, it, it just doesn't matter. Like, if they have this, if they have a Merit Lage to play and they have an Elvish Reclaimer to play, they're sacking the Merit Lage to this card. Well, not only um, that, but even if they didn't have any other creatures in play and you edict their uh, Merit Lage away, 
you're there's nothing on your end of the board. So they're like, oh, life from the loan, do it again. Where with this, it's like, oh, I have an 8-4 coming at me, and my opponent just gained more life. So now, like, my 20-20 Merit Lage isn't going to kill them when it swings. Yeah, so. well, that's unlikely. Like, you're probably gaining... Well, no, actually, so you're losing... You're losing eight life. So say you're at eighteen life. You're gonna go down to ten. You're gonna go up to twenty-two. Right, right. But like, still, yeah, 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 yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, uh, like I think it's good. Like I, th- I think it's it's a good it's a good site. It's not obviously not a main board card. No, 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 uh, no, no at no. all. And it also feels kind of awful uh, if you are playing against uh, Murktide. Uh, specifically, because those decks run counter spells, uh, so, um, like uh, that's awkward. I feel like that sucks. Like if you have to play this against Murktide, that you don't feel good about that, yeah. uh, because they could force it. You yeah, know, you have to catch them at a time where uh, their shields are down. The possibility of them not having force and or days uh, right as present. Yeah. Um, this at the very least gets around force negation. So yes, yeah, but, there is that. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, the losing to the um, to have having this force feels super awful okay. because the uh part of the cost of the madness effect is that you're paying the eight life. So you're pay you pay eight life and they force it. You're just like, oh, I just yeah. paid eight life to do nothing. Inner like, scoop phase. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's pretty, pretty, pretty awful. So. Um, but like that was like I, I know some people were talking about I don't know like disorder in the court seemed kind of cool. Uh, obviously, you know the wedding ring card like it's kind of funny. Um, can can we touch on that real quick? The wedding ring card. I, I'm super into the whole like they really leaned into like the wedding theme. I, I am too. Uh, like look for this. I, like they, I think that's kind of sweet. They may not be playable in any format, even probably even the limited format where people are uh, playing these cards for the first time and, and sealed. But you know, you have these you have these people, for lack of better phrasing, that are like, uh, "Don't be proposing to your partner at pre-release with wedding ring." Blah, 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 blah. Let let people do shit. If that's what they want to do, if that's how they get their kicks, fucking let them. Like, if the store allows them to do it, fucking let them. Just because you're like, oh man, I gotta sweat out these, like, lines of play to win, like, this box. Like, if you're that intense about pre-release, literally just get the fuck out. Like, just go. Because this is probably the time of year where people go to the store, play their pre-release, and if they want to make it even a more memorable event because there's this wedding theme going on and vampires are their favorite tribe and they watch the movie uh, Underworld or Interview with the Vampire hundreds of thousands of times like I did with Star Wars. Twi- Twilight. Twilight, whatever. Let them, <laughs> let them. Let them. Let them enjoy things. Let them have fun. You come back next week and play Modern with your stupid damn monkey to try and win your max out store credit and yeet out uh, optimized lines of play and all this bullshit for your article that no one's going to fucking read anyway. God. Scott. I know. Delete my Twitter. 
Yes. <laughs> I, I can't. Got to talk to the people that listen to our show. Yeah. So Scott. It's yeah. okay, Scott. You're, you're going to be just you're going to be just fine, Scott. Yeah. I hope there are people that did get engaged or uh, are maybe now talking about marriage because they met with magic or, or, or doing stuff. I haven't seen any of those stories, but if there are, and you know some, stay tuned to the end of the show so you know how to contact us. That's random. But hey, okay, look, sure. look, man, I'm trying to like add add that engagement into the show a little bit more. Engagement. See what you did there. <laughs> wow. Unintentional puns are the best puns, bro. That was, that was okay. So, so uh, on that note, uh, my my we got we this evening uh, we sat down and we watched Jungle Cruise. Okay. Uh, on Disney Plus, because uh, that's now available on Disney Plus, and uh, yeah, uh, they did a very good job of adapting a lot of the really bad humor uh, that is uh, a hallmark staple of Jungle Cruise, uh, and I was absolutely impressed by that. I was just like, okay, cool, you guys got it, like spot on, like yeah, you know, thank you for for being so completely awesome uh, at that so uh, and, and just uh, just for the record no i did not direct the movie so <laughs> i was not consulted about any of the scripting um but no uh heck dwayne the rock johnson is like uh he what what's what is it the kids say um he's popping off and no that's not a euphemism right uh, yeah, yeah he's in that he's in um what is that movie that's on Netflix with him and Gal Gadot? Uh, yeah, yeah, Red, uh, Notice. Red Notice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, by the way, uh, did you see that uh, Ryan Reynolds and uh, Will Ferrell switch places, switch assignments? I did. One, two, for, I did. Like one was supposed to appear on the Tonight Show, but they went to Jimmy Kimmel Live and vice versa. Dude, right, so, I I so saw funny. saw that. Yeah, oh, there's a riot. Yeah, um, Ryan Reynolds is a funny guy, but uh, yeah, but no, um, like it's kind of just it was it was it was a good movie. Yeah, okay. I, I I was I was very impressed with the the that that aspect of it though. I thought that was great that they were like lean right into you know the idea that um, because. If you've ever been on Jungle Cruise at all, ever, no. uh, that is like the Jungle Cruise is like my favorite ride at Magic Kingdom in Disney World. Like okay. it's my favorite uh, ride. I've never been there at all. So. Um, and uh, some of the hallmark of uh, Jungle Cruise uh, is that idea, uh, the you know, the the jokes. Uh, and whatnot and so you know jungle cruise has always just kind of been well known for that aspect of it and um yeah it's uh it's super funny uh you know he always just you know there's always just this whole uh aspect of the the ride where you're just like <laughs> you know and, and so of course they they added one of the jokes uh they added some of the jokes actually came straight out of the ride like you you could like hear it you know straight out of the ride huh. uh you know uh and the most obvious one of those being uh you know uh, ladies and gentlemen you know i'm gonna introduce you to the eighth wonder of the world uh and you know there's you know this water comes down 
uh, over the boat, and he's like, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the backside of water. <laughs> and uh, wow. you know, it's, it's the eighth wonder of the world, you know. And So, um, so they didn't leave those jokes uh, rotting out on the vine when they made this movie? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the one that I really like is this. He goes, um, you know, before this, I used to work in an orange juice factory, but I got canned. I couldn't concentrate. Yeah, they put the squeeze on me too. That's a good one. I, I should have opened that one with that one. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's funny because he's like, you know, they say the boa constrictor right there is capable of eating up to 500 pounds per sitting. Uh, personally, I find that very hard to swallow. And uh, there's a little girl on the, the boat. She's like, Mommy, can you please make him stop? And he goes, no, no one can. And he goes, so don't interrupt me like that again. I will feed you to the boa. And she goes, she's a small child. He goes, he loves small children. Close your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like, wow. Like, this just, you know, uh, it's like, wow, this is okay. (laughs) So, yeah, it's, it was, it was perfect in that regard. So I was, I was very impressed with the amount of uh, just pun humor because that's, you know, literally the entire ride is nothing but that. So. I'm not sure if you've ever seen the EDA Trek podcast. Um, no. Uh, however, uh, uh, the three hosts there. Uh, you're talking Joe, about you're talking about a, 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 an EDH podcast, so uh, fair. More than likely, I don't listen to it. <laughs> uh, but uh, no offense to them, but <laughs> no, no, it's fine. They always start off with a series of dad jokes during their intro. Uh, so yeah, it's it's pretty funny. So I, I'm sure that. One, if not all three of them, have probably seen this movie. I'm sure. Yeah, it's us. It's it was pretty good. Yeah. So, oh, we're devolving into off of magic because there really wasn't a whole lot that really happened in magic. No, I mean, Uh, other than like this whole crazy, crazy. Well, and they had that other secret layer thing with like the the mischief, the golf club, the golf club planes yeah like that, that was really just so freaking weird and, and we still don't even know anything about that so yeah like not really we know it's real but we don't know anything about it like that's kind of funny um there's apparently secret layer basic lands that are like just casually showing up in the arena client um you know stupid stuff so uh, a, a um, little bit yeah it's yeah just, it's, kind of a hodgepodge kind of a mess but um. yeah but uh so yeah we're recording on a saturday it's uh 11 13 yesterday was disney plus day uh so we got a lot of stuff for disney plus day uh not to mention like all the stuff that we just talked about like you know they put jungle cruise on there uh finally for non-premium premium subscribers um, they did a whole bunch of other stuff like Shang Chi's on there. Um, the uh, they have a under the helmet with the the legacy of Boba Fett uh, Wait, documentary. I watched, that. I watched that. That was really good. I'm like, oh, uh, uh, yeah. He uh, he passed away uh, last year, mm-hmm. so it was kind of like uh, uh, an, an ode to him, right. uh, as well as a like a mini documentary and and kind of give you like a a look at um how the character uh started to become popular mm-hmm. uh, well actually what they intended to do with the character initially uh how they landed on the design of the character what 
his portrayal of the character did to make the character famous. And, and really, I was kind of blown away with how little screen time and lines that Boba Fett had originally from the time he appeared in Empire Strikes Back to the time he landed in the Sarlacc Pit and Return of the Jedi. Mm. But just how popular he became. And then, like, all the things from his appearance in the droids cartoon and so on and so forth. And now we have him in the Mandalorian and, yeah. you know, uh, the book of Boba Fett series, which is coming next month. Yes. Uh, we'll have a, we'll have at least, I'll, it won't be the whole season, of course, but we'll at least have a story or have a way to tell us how did Fett get from the Sarlacc pit to right. where he was at the end of, uh, Mandalorian season two, so right, we'll learn that. And uh, um, but uh, one of I, I will say this: one of the more interesting and fun things that they put out uh, that was new, uh, which is something that we were kind of waiting on. It's kind of fun, uh, and it's a series of shorts called uh, Olaf Presents. Okay, uh, and it's basically uh, Olaf uh, presenting the plots to several popular Disney movies. <laughs> Uh, in a I, way I must that have missed o- this. Yeah, in a way that only Olaf can. So did you see Frozen 2 at all? Uh, no, I have not seen okay. any of the Frozen movies. Okay, okay. Uh, there, the, there's, the, a scene the, in Fro- there's a scene in Frozen 2. Right. Where he's see, you, based... you, you have a, you have a, a small child yes. where this would pertain to those yes. who uh, have D- this, children. There's a scene in Frozen 2 where he is explaining the plot of the first movie to a group of characters. Uh, and it's really funny. And so like they took that a step forward and they were like, okay, what if we have Olaf just like explain the plot to like a whole bunch of different Disney movies? Uh, and so it was like, you know, the little mermaid and Moana and the lion King and Aladdin and tangled. And it's just absolutely hilarious. Uh, it's, it's quite possibly the funniest thing in existence. So, so when are we going to get Olaf and, uh, Korg together? Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't that be funny? So speaking of, uh, the Marvel stuff though, too, um, I, I mentioned this to you and nice, I don't know if nice you got segue. a chance. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> if you got a chance to check it out, but, uh, they also changed the splash screen for the Marvel category on Disney plus. And they updated it for phase four. And uh, it's cool because, like, you got, you know, Shang-Chi down on the you know, one side. You got Shuri on the other side. And, like, right smack dab in the middle, you got Sam Wilson. And yep. I was like, damn. Like, yes. Like, so cool. Like, so very, very good. I was, I was pretty impressed with that. But, um, yeah, they announced a ton of stuff, too. Like, I mean we can't even like begin to like cover like all the stuff that they talked about, like just because it was just insane. Like, and it's not just like, not just like the Marvel stuff. Like, let's just say that, like, it's not just the Marvel stuff. They had a whole bunch of, uh, Marvel was like a big chunk of, it was, was a big chunk of of Disney plus day, but yeah, there, there was a ton of stuff like, no, it was like they had, there's a little bit of star Wars stuff there. There wasn't as much as I thought there'd be, but yeah, because outside of that Boba Fett thing, there was the, uh, you pointed out to me the sizzle trailer for the Obi-Wan Kenobi Kenobi series. Yeah. The sizzle reel for Kenobi. So apparently they got leaked, uh, like the other, like, like the day before. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and so they were just kind of like, yeah, here's the sizzle trailer. And everybody was like, all uh, it's hilarious. Cause all the threads were like, uh, like, oh, here's this cool thing that's coming out. And like, you go look at the comment replies and then the very first comment reply would be like, um, a picture of Darth Vader and the words, where is Kenobi? Because <laughs> right. people were just really, really, really into wanting to have this this trailer, wanting to have a trailer of some sort. Uh, and I was just like, man, that's kind of funny, actually. <laughs> like, people were just so, so into this. But, um, like, they, they, they posted some stuff. Like, I, I will say this. Somebody, somebody mentioned this in um, the Team Series Slack. They said, uh, Will Smith uh, being in a documentary where the name of the documentary is called Welcome to Earth is absolutely spot on hilarious. That's pretty funny. Uh, I just I laughed so much. I was like, wow. Okay. Welcome to Earth. Yep. Yep. Uh, but uh, there's like stuff like Hocus Pocus 2. Like, yeah, it's like, like, oh, shit, like yeah that's i forgot that that was a thing that they were doing like bringing back that. the original cast too right yeah like oh my god like you know bet midler you know coming back for hocus pocus too like that's just ridiculous um there's a rescue rangers movie coming like really? what like, <laughs> like an animated movie or... I, do, I don't i think animated i want to say like, animated like, like pixar style animation probably yeah i may animated but uh, it's got a uh, john mulaney and andy samberg in it huh. playing playing chip and dale and i'm like that's cool like really super neat um there's a movie that they put on there that uh yesterday yesterday that has not been on the service before uh but it's a pretty fairly classic disney film uh and it's uh it's the movie it's got amy adams and james marston is it james marston is he in this too Man, I can't remember if that's him. Yes, it's James Marston. Yeah, James Marston's in it. It's Amy Adams, Patrick Dempsey, James Marston. It's called Enchanted. Hmm. Uh, and it's got like Adina Menzel and like Susan Sarandon's in it. Like it's a, it's a kind of a weird like half like Disney fairy tale, half modern day fairy tale because she's like animated and she gets like put into like the live action world, and it's kind of you know lot modern times and stuff like that and. They announced that they're going to have a sequel out for next year. That's one of the big reasons why they put it on the service on Disney Plus Day is they announced the sequel at the same time. Okay. Uh, so that's that's kind of cool. Uh, we're getting Baymax, a Baymax series. Yes, I saw that. Uh, man, let me tell you, I laughed so hard at that trailer. Uh, that trailer is so funny. Like, I just, I, I laughed so hard at everything about that trailer and it was because if you watch it it's there's this like whole like thing where like it's just baymax going around being baymax and just helping people and at one point uh hero's aunt like sprains her leg or something like that and he's like i will take care of the um the cafe and it shows him and he's like in like behind the counter at the cafe and he's trying to like put like the stuff in and he's like the slowest barista ever Mm-mm. and he's like putting the stuff in and he turns around and he puts the other stuff in and then he goes to put the lid on the thing and the lid pops up off of the cup Uh-oh. and he's like and so he presses it down and it pops down and he, po- he presses it down on one end and it pops up the other end 
And he presses it down on the other end, and it pops up on the other end. And so finally he picks it up with both fingers and plops it on. And and then you can see, like, it keeps panning back and forth between him doing this and the people standing at the counter waiting for their drinks. And you can just tell that they've been there for, like, 30, 40 minutes tops. Like, like, you know, like right. they've been there for, like, an hour, like, waiting for him to make, like, one drink. And the guy's, like, got his head on, like, the counter and everything when he goes and turns around and he, he goes, Steve? <laughs> and the guy holds his hand up like, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, oh, my God, this this is going to be great. Like, nice. It, it looks super exciting. It's just like, okay, like, this is just, like, a slice of life Baymax, you know, uh, you know, thing that is just going to be fun. Like, and I... I'm, I can be down with that. Um, well, well, to swing back real quick to Marvel, um, the uh, they gave us little clips of like stuff coming up, like yes, uh, Hawkeye's coming up in as of uh, recording about eleven days. Yes, uh, I thought it was going to start tomorrow, but no, I'm a little early on that. Uh, she Hawk, uh, they gave us a little clip of that. Mm. There was also a little clip of uh, Moon Knight, and just yes. doing a little bit of research here on the internet. Granted, it's the internet, so we take it for a grain of salt. Uh, but I have heard that Ethan Hawke will be uh, hit, who Moon Knight opposes. In the yeah, show. I've heard I've heard something about that. Yeah, and I'm, just, I'm excited for Moon Knight because he's oh, an yeah. interesting character. Just now, doing this first search, it comes up as one of the members of the cast, Emily Van Camp, Sharon Carter herself. Oh really? So that'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so, that'll I'm, that'll be different. Know. Like, that might be kind of fun uh, to see her around. Right. Um, Start tying but stuff like, together. Like, but like Oscar Isaac, man. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, very very good. He he will do a hell of a lot better with this than he did his apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. Well, so the what for people that don't know anything about Moon Knight, he's an interesting character. Uh, he's like one of the few uh, characters who has an actual like mental disability disorder um, because it, he uh, he has dis, dis he has dissociative identity disorder. It's multiple personality disorder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. And they said they were really going to lean into that with the show, where they were his his different personalities would have truly different like feel to them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but uh, he becomes like the conduit for the Egyptian moon god Khonshu. Uh, which gives him his abilities, and so well, is it really that god, or is it someone posing as that god? I, I, I we won't get into that, but well, it looks I mean, good. It, it looks it, good. It kind it, it kind of ties to uh, Wandavision and uh, Agatha, Agatha Harkness, and uh, was it the House of Harkness or whatever it is? That's yeah, yeah, that's that's also gonna yeah. They're having an Agatha getting her own show. Yep. Um, we've got they've they've kind of gave us some. They gave us that yeah. They gave us Hulk or they gave us She Hulk. Uh, Tatiana Maslany uh, looks really fantastic. <coughs> um, she's she looks really good as Jennifer Walters. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave us a great long clip of for Hawkeye that I thought was good. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed the clever use of uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra 
Mm-hmm. Uh, in that, I thought that was really clever, especially since it really hammers home that this is taking place during Christmas, and you know it's kind of funny in that regards. Yeah, um, I, I love the practical effects used in that chasing because mm. uh, you know it, it just shows the uh, amount of work that they're wanting to do to make sure that the story is told in a proper manner for the type of character it is because right. Hawkeye is not your traditional superhero. Right. You know, he, he's uh, a, a street level type of guy. He's not you know shooting lasers or flying or whatever. He's got to right. think on his feet and all that. Um, and all it seems like his past, even stuff he did during the blip era, is catching up with him, and he's got to mm. fix that before he can sell back down to his family, and all this stuff. So, yeah, I, I will say, I will say this: Hallie, Hallie Steinfeld is uh, absolutely amazing as Kate Bishop. Uh, she, she's just fantastic. I'm, I'm totally on board. Uh, with their this interpretation of Kate Bishop, she's just absolutely sweet. So I'm I'm, and, I'm excited for that that part. And what's cool is we're seeing all these uh, young actors and actresses being introduced mm-hmm. in a lot of these uh, Disney Plus shows. And what that's doing is it's it's cultivating the audience that are maybe getting on now or have been on and are becoming adults themselves. Maybe they follow these actors and actresses from other works and now they're in marvel and it's just going to keep the train rolling are we going to repeat captain america and the winter soldier no of course not um are we going to repeat uh thor ragnarok of course not right now but uh what those movies have allowed to do is allowed the space to exist for these series and these movies with the with new people coming in to the mcu portraying characters to just keep it going so yeah, yeah can't, can't um, wait. i'm curious yeah it's it's definitely gonna be interesting so yep. but yeah like, like i said a lot of stuff um uh, i'm looking forward to most of it um you know it's it's gonna be interesting so and, and like i said we got a whole bunch of stuff that they added to disney plus even uh for watching uh we're gonna try and watch shang chi at some point uh yeah there's the so, uh what do they call it the uh imax uh type of feature now or whatever yeah where, where you, you get more of a cinematic experience uh it's right. not, of course the full cinematic experience but you get as much of it as they can put it as possible so like the picture quality sound quality has been improved for not just that but select other um mcu movies as well right so. they also added a bunch of a, a bunch of extra stuff to um the marvel assembled uh series which is the the making of series mm-hmm. uh they did they did just add uh the making of shang chi and the legend of the ten rings so yep. uh that's that's pretty cool um, yeah you've not seen uh shang chi yet right? i have not gotten to see that one yet i saw okay. black we watched black widow but i haven't gotten to see shang chi yet okay. now All right, cool. uh, and i haven't got to see i got out see eternals yet either so um, but, um, I think we're mostly just like really hoping and looking forward to hopefully getting to see some sort of actual Kenobi trailer at some point. Um, I like... have a feeling that's going to come. I think that's going to come when, uh, Book of Boba Fett launches. Yeah, probably. I think, I think what will happen is like, that will be a <laughs> commercial or teaser 
and then go right into the the, the first show or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I think will happen. Um, yeah. Because you, you got the fans already tuning in, so it's like, hey, by the way, stay tuned six months from now or whatever, and this thing will be here. Right. What whatever they're going to do. Man, oh my god. Cause can you imagine if like Ahsoka is in the Kenobi series? Yeah, I doubt that she will be. I I, um, I know, but I mean that's just that's. Or, I have a feeling that they will they will maybe a flashback or something. Yeah, I don't I don't know, but I don't uh, know, we'll see. Yeah, but it's that, gonna be that will be like six or eight episodes too or something. So yeah, uh, I don't know, but uh, yeah, man. looks looks fun. Um, don't really have anything else to go on. Like I said, it's kind of a slow week, which is uh, good because I mean, yeah. how many times have we had? Uh, episodes where magic is blowing up and burning down and whatever. I mean, right. we, we could talk about the fact that we had Magic Vegas and we had Star City Games give out uh, $100,000 and total in prizes and there was absolutely zero uh, video coverage of actual gameplay. Uh, the one thing that people clamored for and were out on their ports and banging their pots and yelling that they want to get back to playing Magic by traveling thousands of miles one direction just to go O2 drop in a $80 entry event and no 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 cameras, no mm. coverage, no gameplay. And it's like, yeah. great. So, uh, especially when the person leading the thing at Star City is like, well, people don't watch anyway, or, or some, like, uh, just crap take that you know i'm glad i blocked that person ages ago and it's like you know for someone who wants to be the number one retailer and the leader in the game you sure really aren't doing it and what this is doing is opening up a door for flesh and blood to come in like you want to watch uh video coverage of a trading card game being played come with me yeah you know and i'm just not really interested in that game no, I, I'm not either. It's just that yeah. you know, if we're going to have magic events, don't don't do coverage where you have someone. Oh, this person went uh, two of yeah. against this person. Hashtag MTG Vegas or whatever. You know, I, th- sure, you want to do that. That's fine, but that that's not what I'm looking for. I want to sit down and see archetype versus archetype. Uh, the players don't matter. I want to see how the decks match up and play against each other. But no, we, we can't do that because we want someone else to pay for it. Mm, I don't know. So um, we, we could rant about that, but... I, I think we sh- eh. shouldn't. Yeah, exactly. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. it. It's not because no, nothing will change. I, I'd rather talk about cool interactions like your uh, your, your card from the Commander the commander deck uh, with Lion's Eye Diamond. Or talk mm, about how we can Lion's counter... Lion's Eye uh, Diamond. Right. Talk about how we can counter uh, uh, Echo of Eons being flashback with Wash Away, and you know. So I, um, like speaking of that, uh, I will mention real quick that uh, we have Buffalo Chicken Dip uh, in. Oh yeah, yeah. In one week, uh, looking forward to that. Uh, I proof, am proof of vaccination required, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I am probably still a hundred percent playing uh, the eight cast deck. Uh, I do need to pick up a couple actual couple cards for it uh, because I'm investigating a build that cuts the the because 
most recently, uh, Bob Huang's moved up to um, three Chalice and two Echo and two LED uh, total in the list. And I have pretty much been to a point where every time I play a game, the cards that are usually getting boarded out are, are Echo and LED. Huh. Because they're just not that good. Uh, so I'm yeah. investigating a build where I go up to uh, four Chalice and uh, playing a slight red splash in the sideboard for uh, gear for Aethergrid. Yeah, uh, and having um, silver bluff uh, bridges in the mana base, uh, oh the God. the the tap artifact land, <laughs> from, uh, the blue red one. Yeah, uh, and having them because uh, somebody explained them. Uh, there was a list that um, placed fourth in Swedish nationals, and somebody explained the silver bluff bridges. It's basically it's like it enables affinity for uh, thought cast and thought monitor. Uh, it also enables Mox Opal, uh, it enables Emery, uh, and it's probably not getting Wastelanded. Because it can't be, really. Well, yeah, it's it, indestructible. It's indestructible, yeah. They right. can Wasteland it, they just, it just doesn't right. do anything. Oh man, uh, please tell me if you, if you play that and someone's like, Wasteland, mm-hmm. please tell me if that happens. I will, I will. That yeah. would be awesome. Yeah, who knew playing a come-into-play tap land would be playable in Legacy in the uh, the year of Bane, the Lord of Darkness. Twenty. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to the de- to playing the deck some more. Like it's it's definitely really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a lot of really strong draws against the um, the blue decks of the format, and I think that's what I like about it. Like it's really good against the blue decks, but then at the same time. Like you're also just randomly really good against like the the combo decks, because post board you can go up to eight forces. Nice if you want to. Like you can be like I can board in all four of my force negations against Doomsday because it's Doomsday. Right. <laughs> like I need to be able to stop them from doing their deck. Like yep. yeah. So uh, yeah, it's so a deck's cool. Uh, I'm probably gonna play that for one of the Eternal Weekend events too. Uh, okay. which is, um, that's also next weekend, uh, is Legacy Eternal Weekend. And so I'm probably going to play probably in the Sunday event. Uh, and then I'm going to play in one of the vintage events, which is probably going to be the Friday vintage event. Cool. Um, so then that's the week after. That's Black Friday and, you know, after post-Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, so looking forward to it. Um BCDL is going to be nuts because uh, we've got some some sweet people coming down. Uh, Brian Koval's coming down mm-hmm. uh, for the event. Uh, Jeremy Pinter's coming out for the event. So it, it's going to be nice. I'm hoping I haven't heard of who else is going uh, other than the people I know. Like uh, Zach Toth will obviously be there. Uh, shout out to Zach. He's an awesome guy. Uh, and I don't know if Min will show up or not. Um, I hope so. Uh, I haven't seen men in a while, so it'd be nice to see him. Uh, I don't think David Lance is coming down, coming, going over for it. Uh, I think he's out that weekend. Um, we were trying to get Roland China to come out, but he's going to Vegas. Uh, okay. so, uh, we thought that would be fun if he would come out, but he's going to be in Vegas. So, but, well, I hope you have another story where you're sitting in a restaurant or whatever and talking to some people and like, 
oh yeah, I, I play Magic, and I I, I really like uh, these legacy articles I read. <laughs> and you're like, oh, it me, bruh. Yeah, that that happened with uh, yeah. Roger and Pete. Uh, I know they'll probably be there, Roger Sykes and um, Pete Harlan. Uh, but uh, that actually happened to them. Uh, they were at some bar talking to some guy, and they were like talking about magic. And he was like, "Yeah, I've been reading these legacy articles with this guy named Joe Dyer." And I was just like, I laughed. I was like, "That's kind of funny." Pete was like, or Roger was like, "Yeah, uh, we kind of know that guy." <laughs> <laughs> so big funny. So it was super hilarious. But nice. uh, we should pr- we should probably wrap up here because we got nothing else yeah. to talk about. Mm. Yeah, we we don't. It's still kind of a short show, but we we. Did cram that? I'm glad you brought up uh, uh, Buffalo Chicken Dip Legacy because, uh, yeah, it's something we should have thought about. This is what happens when <laughs> we're focused on other things like family and moving and yeah, you know, non-magic stuff. Things are going to slip, but uh, yeah, thanks yeah. for hanging out, everybody. Thanks for hanging yeah, out. Yeah, 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 for sure. So uh, why don't we start by having Scott tell everybody where they could find him on the internet and go from there. Cool. Uh, you can find my... Uh, Hatred of Modern Horizons 2, and my uh, hot takes about the Cincinnati Reds on Twitter at MTG uh, Packfoils. Uh, or, yeah, MTG Packfoils on Twitter. <laughs> God, I, we haven't done this in so long. Right. Uh, I'm also at that on Facebook, but I haven't posted on that part on Facebook in a long time. Uh, I hope to may, maybe I'll do something tomorrow because I've this is my third day off in a row, and I've not really done much anything outside normal household stuff. Um, right. And, and like going through my magic cards. Uh, however, uh, between the two of us, uh, Joe is the hardest working man in magic. Uh, <laughs> Joe, where can, about that? <laughs> where can people find you uh, and talk about some sweet magic stuff with you? Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Vorath XP. Uh, you can also find my articles every Tuesday and every Thursday uh, at uh, MTG Goldfish, This Week in Legacy, and uh, Vintage 101. Uh, I will mention uh, I also uh, manage the Legacy Data Collection Project, uh, which collects data for the challenges and stuff like that. Um, I am definitely looking for people who are possibly playing in the uh, Eternal Weekend events uh, next weekend. Uh, if you're playing in one of those events, please join the Legacy Data Collection Discord and help collect data for those events. Uh, it really is super helpful. Uh, so uh, I'm going to be playing at least one. Uh, it's about the only one I can play in, so that one I'm going to be doing my own data collection uh, and putting as much work as I can into that. So because it, it really does help. Um, so it does help to have all those data because it uh, makes things a little bit more interesting. Uh, to be able to know what's going on in the format, so I'm sure um, as hell uh, Watsy looks at your stuff, man. Cause, I, I doubt it. Damn. They have their they have the data already. Like yeah. they don't need to like look at it. Like they have that data already. But anyways, um, so uh, you can also find the cast at the Astrolab Cast and the Astrolab Podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, and uh, so that brings us to the end of this episode. And uh, thank you guys for listening. And uh, have a great night. Bye. I really have no jokes here at the end. All right. Well, okay. Here, here we go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the eighth wonder of the world, the backside of water. <laughs> Good night, everybody.